The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. My next guest is both a television and radio host, a model, and a body positivity activist. I'm not subtle. <laughs> I am someone who is going gonna, is gonna to go for it. You know, and that idea of ambition and women, it's not always the most well-received all the time, you know, and I've had to really find ways to not take that in, like not make that about me and sort of leave that with them. Like that is not going to determine how I show up in things. And if I'm rubbing you the wrong way because I'm shining, I'm not going to stop shining. I'm not going to make that be my fight. Meredith Shaw, with all the projects that you have on the go right now, I am honored that you found some time to come on this podcast, but I think we kind of have a similar quest in mind in sharing positivity among women. Yes, 100%. I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, thank you for, for having me, for thinking of me, and uh, and for being a big voice in this space, you know, because we, we need everybody. <laughs> we need everybody using it and talking and encouraging others to do the same. So, I appreciate the work that you do very much. When I was reading about you, I had no idea that you had a musical past. You got into modeling at a very young age. Let, let's rewind a little bit here uh, to understand Meredith Shaw today in 2021. Was it 14 that you became a model? And was that something you wanted? Was that something your parents threw you into? Uh, uh, well, first of all, you, 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 when you say you didn't know I had a musical career, that's why I no longer have a musical career. <laughs> that, was, that was part of the problem, Sarah. Um, yeah, not enough people knew about it. You kind of need to be known in music to have a career. So uh, yeah, but in terms of the modeling thing, that, that came very much through music. I, I was, you know, discovered or scouted or whatever you would call it. Uh, I think I was in like in a lineup for Sarah McLaughlin tickets or something like that. Like I was, I was getting my Lilith Fair tickets or something. And, uh, and I had a, a, yeah, a scout from, from Ford at the time who, who kind of, you know, gave me a card and did that whole thing. Is this in Alberta? Uh, no, no, Toronto. So I'm Toronto. My parents are both from Alberta, but, um, but yeah, no, that was, where was I? I was somewhere strange because it was like a weird place that I was lining up. I feel like I was down, I was, I was near the X or something like that. But anyway, yeah, I was in a yeah. big old, big old lineup. And of course I was some, I was someone who was pursuing music. I was someone who was writing songs. I was someone who was looking to be in that under the light, you know, in that moment of my, my youth. And so I saw this as like a big opportunity. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a star, you know? Uh, and my parents, uh, wonderful uh, parents were like, okay, well, let's just look into this and see what's up. I mean, it was Ford. So that was a, a obviously a reputable scenario, but yeah, I got into it at, at that age. I mean, very carefully, but I, I, I did get, get into it and I never really worked because I was always sort of, I don't know, now looking back on it, I guess I, I, I quote unquote, wasn't the right size. I wasn't small enough to be small, but I wasn't big enough to be curvy. I just sort of didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really happen. But at, at that time I was really focused on music. So the modeling thing was like, I, who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't really, it, it didn't really bug me or help me or anything. It just sort of, it just sort of laid flat. Uh, and really my heart was in the, in the music. And was that country music for you? Um, it, it turned, it sort of turned into country music. I mean, I loved country music, but I, I, I came up in that 
Sarah, Cheryl Crow, Tori Amos. That was my that was you know, jam. soup. That was my, yeah, Jan Arden. That was, that was what I was just soaking in and wanting to write like and sing like and and Dixie Chicks was in that so it, you know it's sort of, but but towards the as my career started going and where the music industry was going and where radio was going it kind of came out of that folk alt female thing and lent more into the country thing so I started writing more in Nashville and doing more in Nashville so yeah my my Alberta generational Alberta roots came into play <laughs> there I guess with my with my country self but uh yeah, it, music has always been the thing for me. Music is music's what brought me to radio, what brought me to television. I mean, music was the was the doorway for sure. Gotcha. So it's funny, like even the way that you just described uh, this experience, both you know modeling and doing music at a young age, you sort of let the the body thing just roll off your shoulder there. How did you feel though when you were a preteen? Because that I used to competitive dance, so yeah, you get it. No, it was, but it was, it was, you know, Sarah, it's funny. I let it roll off just because it wasn't my experience at the time. Uh, Hating my body was something I learned. It wasn't from me. It wasn't within me. And so at the time when I started modeling, I didn't understand that I wasn't small enough or big enough. I didn't get that. That's absolutely only retroactively. Um, You know, I had a great parents, I had good friends. I had stuff I loved. I was kind of going for something. So I wasn't really thinking about my body too much. It's when I got more into music and I had some meetings and there was some discussion of my body being not okay, that that's when I started to think of myself as a body. And I was like, oh, well, if I want this, I want this really badly. So I guess I have to change who I am or my body to get there. And then changing my body kind of became changing me and that's when things got pretty tricky for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how old were you when you think like you say it got tricky? Um, I, I, when I was 14, I was, you know, on the, I guess, you know, midsize and just normal. And I got a little bit bigger because I think as the pressures came towards me, I started to develop some unhealthy eating habits in a way to comfort myself and a way to cope. And then on the flip end of it, I kind of <laughs> reversed it and then started to uh, restrict myself and over-exercise and, and do things, basically what I've learned through therapy, basically the same side of the, of the issue, the two sides of the same issue. You know, I was yeah. sort of overeating on one end and under on another. And societally, <laughs> the under got rewarded, which almost made it more dangerous for me in terms of my disordered, you know, eating and, and relationship with exercise, just because then it, I started getting, getting things from it. And so that gave me a bit of a dopamine hit of like, this is good. I should continue. Um, uh, the reward why, system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of what's brought me to the work that I'm doing now and that I'm so passionate about now. And that I got re-signed as a curve model number of years later and that's why I feel so passionately about it because I've really been been through it. But what's interesting always is that it didn't it didn't start from me. It started from observing myself through somebody else's eyes and kind of trying to match it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I get very interested in working with women who've been through that, but also I get interested in working with you know young girls who haven't luckily haven't had that moment yet and trying to give them enough strength that when that moment you know unfortunately inevitably comes that they're able to stand up to it a little bit more. Yeah, I think about role models too, you know, as uh, you know, someone who definitely read all the teeny bopper magazines and, and all that kind of stuff. 
I feel like if there was someone better to look up to at the time, more in touch with, you know, themselves versus a body, you know, um, that I might've had a, a very different experience growing up. I'm pretty confident and very happy now, but I, I think about, you know, 12 year old Sarah or 14 year old Sarah. And it's a, it's a very different thing. Who were your role models? Like, who did you look up to? A hundred percent for me in that, in that, early moment specifically to do with music and with my body, Jan Arden was a huge person for me. Um, A huge touchstone for me because she really, I always remember this quote, she was talking about some interview that she was doing and, you know, they were talking about breaking her in the US because Insensitive was such a huge song and, you know, this idea of her, you know, really becoming whatever some sort of music execs idea of a global superstar is. And, and, and she said that in a meeting, they said to her, you know, you're about 20 pounds away from that type of, you know, Celine Dion, you know, really worldwide, right? And she said, she said, oh, I'm just, I'm really not interested in gaining any more weight. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I mean, as a kid, I, I heard that and just her ability to have a sense of humor to have um, real confidence and kind of like, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. You swear, girl. You do. A bit of like a fuck you attitude. I just, it gave me such quiet strength that I didn't even know what I was taking from it at the time. But, uh, you know, now coming to this moment in my career and, 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 you know, knowing her in a certain way, I, I just, that, that arc blows my mind because she was so integral to me at a moment when, when I really needed her. And, and sometimes I think when I talk about body positivity or I'm out there doing my thing or I'm posting about, you know, the clothes I'm wearing on the social or whatever that is, I, sometimes I start to think, do I, yeah, do I need to do this? Like, is this important? Am I just calling too much attention to something that maybe everyone's okay with now? And, and then I, I just think back to some of those moments and I'm like, I don't know. You never, Jan Arden didn't know I was out there hearing that and and it really changed my life like it changed the course of what I thought was possible and so then I think well now keep talking about your dress size Mary like there's maybe someone out there that that uh you know can can relate to that and not just relate to the talking about it but I've always sort of felt like if I can just be on the social and be a size 14, 16 that I am, and not really talk about it, but just show up there, just be. I feel like that in itself is showing as, and so can you, and so can you, you know, and I don't always need to talk about it. I can just kind of show, show it as opposed to talk it. Did you ever get to tell Jan Arden about that? I have, yes. I mean, that's, that's the crazy arc part. I mean, we're now, you know, like I, I, you know, like it's, it's you can text her, yeah. the texting and the, yeah. And I did her podcast and she had very, and I feel uncomfortable even talking about this right now, but she just had very lovely things to say about me and sort of what I'm doing. And I, I got emotional because I was just, I don't know. I never really thought I'd have that moment. I never really thought she would know about it. Someone's, listening to this now in that way it's just whatever you're doing do it to the full extent because you just never know who you're helping you know who's watching and I think a really nice part of that too is like instead of you know your bio saying I'm a plus size model I'm a model that's what I am I am a confident model yeah 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm of two minds about that, and and I have you know spoken about it before. This idea of like, do you like the term plus size? Do you use the term plus size? And you know, there's so many conversations that are happening within that body positive. Even the idea of body positivity is being pushed back on a bit right now, and and it's more like body neutrality or body acceptance. And so I always want to be in the hub of those conversations and and using my words appropriately because as you and I know I mean words matter like in in what we do and 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 I I do think the terms matter uh I do think saying that I'm a model matters because if I say I'm a model and you see me you can assume (laughs) I'm a plus size model like if there's a model and she is black she is a model she doesn't say I'm a black model or I'm you know like we can see, we can understand, we can deduce. And so I think I'm very proud of the term plus size. Uh, I don't want to not be using it, but I don't want to um, somehow reduce that celebration. Or have to specify, yeah, what that is uh, with some sort of descriptor. Gotcha. I know you do a lot of work with like listeners where you get paired up for contests and stuff, whether it's with the Marilyn Dennis show or uh, on Chum. Mm-hmm. Give me a, give me a story where you've really felt the impact that you have made on a listener or a viewer. You are making me blush today. So <laughs> tell me about how you've changed lives. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, oh my gosh. I mean, the work that I do on the Marilyn Dennis show is so rewarding. And I think of a specific time when I got to work with um, two women on a on a bathing suit makeover, specifically to do with bathing suits. And I remember at the time uh, working with my producer on the casting of it. And I said, you know, I think it would be great to have two different body types, you know, because obviously there's lots of us in our different bodies and let's show swimwear on two different things. I mean, this isn't earth shattering information. I know that, you know, there we go, but let's do that. And so I had, you know, an assumption that I think uh, as a curvy woman moving through the world, thinking like, well, I, you know, I've had my own struggles with getting into a bathing suit because I'm curvy and that's not the body type that everyone is seeing everywhere. And so I had more of a, I don't know, empathetic, empathetic state towards the curvy woman that I was, that I was helping. And it was such a change for me because it's, I started to understand that this, this um, mindset that I had had nothing to do with size. It's a mindset that can happen and you're nodding. And I mean, I know I briefly from you sharing with me just what you're taking about competitive dance. You, you have a relationship with what I'm talking about. And it really opened me up to the fact that this isn't something that curvy women experience. This is something that women experience. You got it. Regardless of the size. And that some of the wisdom that I have amassed through my experiences and my challenges and sort of my decision to keep going and get curious isn't just helpful to me and my curvy sisters. This is helpful potentially to a lot of people. So I really learned from those two women in that moment uh, because the woman who had a much smaller frame was actually much more troubled, mm-hmm. had many more insecurities towards getting into a suit um, than, than the, the other woman. And 
to see them both not only go through this experience, but go through the experience on national television, right? That's the other thing. It's not like you're just getting a girlfriend to help you in a change room. Like you're meeting Marilyn Dennis and you're on TV. Like this is pretty intense. Uh, and they both had the, the desire to do it because they knew that people would be watching and they knew that their showing up would help other people to do that. And I was so moved by that from both of them. And it was quite early on in my makeover career at the Marilyn Dennis Show. And I, I really decided and learned in that moment that that was something I wanted to do much, much more of. And I do quite a bit of that now on the show, you know, almost exclusively. And I love those moments because it's, it gets into the real meaning of style for me, which is that quick change of state that you can see yourself anew in the change of what you put on your body. And that style piece is such a superpower. And so many people see it as a place of shame. And to see that switch and to make that switch happen, and you can see the light in their eyes, look at themselves in the mirror in a different way. I'm like, that's, that's a changed person right there. They're going to go through their life differently because they know the change they needed or they thought they needed to make had nothing to do with their size. It just had to do with their perspective. And that's very powerful. That's very powerful. Yeah, yeah so it's about how those clothes and those accessories make you feel versus how they look. Yeah, and just that, that difference in thinking about clothes is that it's not this sort of continual consumerism. It's really you, an asset for you. It's a, it's a, it's a tool, it's, it's a self-care tool really is how I see it. Um, and it's worked for me in my life and it's been a real, real honor to do that, you know, with, with, through Marilyn and her phenomenal team and that audience. Have you had a lot of experience um, with different gender identities in some of these makeovers that you've been doing? Because it is becoming more and more important for us to consider what is going on in every single human's mind and not just a male mind or a female mind. You have hit on something. I was just emailing my producers last week. Uh, I want to be a person that is doing that in Canada uh, on a platform like the Marilyn Dennis Show. They are a show that was seeking out more representation in terms of size. Um, and also, you know, I also have done uh, makeovers or style segments, not even makeovers, model segments uh, with men who are brawn. Brawn is the term, is curvy as a man, it's brawn, that category. Um, and so 100%, uh, we need to begin, to, not just begin, but catch up on, uh, on some of that gender conversation. And I know that there are a number of producers at the show who have experience, you know, in that, in that area of life, because it is life and it is all over. And thankfully those conversations are coming, coming more and more to the forefront. So I have not uh, done a style segment on that uh, yet. To be continued. Legit was just emailing last week. It's so funny that you, that you raised that. And thank you for raising it. I, I was thinking about it around International Women's Day. Yes, I launched this podcast around International Women's Day. And I just thought to myself, I was like, what is it? What's a trans woman thinking about International Women's Day right now? And how has their experience been leading up to that? And 
you know, how, how does a style segment affect that person? How does a radio segment about women's history affect that person? You know, there's so many questions. So, no, there are, there are so many. And it's, I think people sometimes don't go there because they're like, well, how, how do I go? There's so much. How do I, what do I do? And how do I talk about it in a way that I don't make a mistake? And how do I, you know, and the point is to, to do, to, it's courage, you know, for people like you and me to step outside of our comfort zone a little bit and not be too concerned about the mistake, but more be concerned about the courage to bring other stories to the table, I think. Yeah, is. 100%, because representation matters. I mean, and those, like I said, when, when we were even speaking about earlier with the Jan Arden thing for me, you know, that happened because I felt seen by her in a way, like I felt like her body and her experience and her, and that was huge for me in my getting to know myself. Yeah. And so that trans experience is not my experience, but that connection is something that absolutely can and should happen over and over again. And the only way that that happens is if, you know, we, everybody talks about it, not just the people who are going through it. So what's like Monday to Friday, a regular week when you're not filling in on the morning show or something look for you? Um, usually the TV portion of my life happens in the morning. So either, and now, I mean, <laughs> we're shooting from home. <laughs> uh, we're shooting from home. I, we're not shooting Double Your Dish right now, which is the cooking show that I do with my partner for CTV. But uh, when that was happening, it's, I mean, it's total chaos because we shoot in our kitchen and we've got two kids that are homeschooling. And so it's just, it's just craziness, but that's not happening at the moment. So my regular day, the TV stuff, the Maryland dentist, the social, that all happens sort of in the morning. Uh, and if I'm not shooting those, then any kind of prep that I'm doing for the next makeover or, you know, that's kind of where I put that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then I kind of move over into the radio side of my life. I do a lot of voice uh, work for Bell as well. So I'm the voice of CDB life and the voice of pure country. So I have a lot of voice stuff on a daily basis that I got to turn over, turn around. So I do that. And then I kick into Chum. I, I host Afternoon Drive. So I do four to seven on Chum. Yeah. And then I kind of come home. I mean, this year has been so weird, right? Like usually there's some modeling part of it, or I do a lot of content stuff on Instagram. I work with a lot of brands that way. So oftentimes there's some sort of shooting aspect to that, which at the moment includes Rodney Bowers, my partner. <laughs> taking some photo of me in some angle on some alley, you know, to try hey, to make it look like a background. Could you just get this over here? Please yeah, click over just, like this. Yeah, just kind of continually being in the know about what's going on. I mean, that's kind of our gig, right? We got to have opinions on things. So I, I got to spend enough time, you know, watching a show or listening to a podcast or really kind of getting uh, myself into other people's brains and ideas for a bit. Because I always like to, you know, actually formulate my opinion as opposed to reading about what it is and then talking about someone yeah. else's opinion so yeah it's busy not yeah. unbusy but I know you know I know you know that rewarding I mean, busy based on what rewarding you're busy okay. yeah yeah I think a lot of people you talk to are in that same boat mm -hmm. I feel it really hard yeah. <laughs> so you know what's interesting too is I think that there's a big piece of turning the screens off and turning the social networks off and all that stuff too um everyone working from home is zoom or facetime fatigue like some of my best friends i found myself not really wanting to speak to in the last few weeks because there's just been too many facetimes you know yeah. and i'm really curious about how women that are in the spotlight and are constantly on mm -hmm. uh turn it off for a little bit because i have trouble doing that so i wanted to ask how you unplug 
Yeah, I definitely do too. I definitely do too. And, and, and I, um, one of the things I've, I've gotten really curious about recently actually is that idea of rest, because I don't actually know if I know what is restful to me because I would do things like, okay, I'm going to just like chill out this weekend or, you know, I'm going to binge watch something and I'm going to, and I come to the end of that weekend. I'm like, I don't feel good. Like I don't feel inspired. Like I feel kind of lethargic. So I'm like, I don't actually think that that idea of turning off in that way works for me. And so I started doing this thing, a walk and pod. So I can't wait to listen to this podcast on my walk and pod, but <laughs> I, just, I get out in the morning and I go for like a big, long, you know, walk, like everybody else is walking around the city. The, the podcast for me has been huge because I started get, get lost in someone else's thoughts for a bit and, and, and get really um, filled up on just a different, different pattern, you know, cause we get so locked into what we're thinking about and how we're doing things. And, and I find that, that if I'm only kind of thinking about, for example, fashion or style or helping women or empowerment or whatever I'm doing, I kind of, it gets narrow and I almost feel a bit dehydrated for like other ideas. And when I start listening to something totally not in my sphere, all of a sudden I have an idea. Like let, that's how these, not that I'm leading you into these confidence cards, but that, that's how one of them came. I was like, oh, like I just start to, to be more effective. And I'm like, that to me is restful because I'm not thinking about my own stuff all the time. You know, I yeah. kind of am getting a little vacay, but still being engaged. So I think that's what's starting to work for me. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I believe in the turning off Instagram thing. I don't know. I'm not like Selena Gomez. Like I don't need... <laughs> Like I'm not that involved, you know, like it's okay. I actually yeah. quite like it. I find the people who follow me very nice. I enjoy my conversations with them and my DMs. I'm not overly obsessed with like people liking my photos. I mean, I'm human, I want to do well, but I'm not, I don't find that negatively impacting me. Yeah, you've so, got a good, uh, a good handle on it all. Yeah, I think, but I'm like you, it, it's tough, it's tough, but I, I am, I think that's something that we don't, as women especially, learn about enough, that rest is not the same for all of us. It's not like we can just unplug and have rest. Like maybe for some people it's, I don't know, gardening or bird watching, or I, maybe that's for me. Maybe I haven't bird watched enough. I don't know, but I'm curious in, in, in finding out what that is. So far for me, it's been that walk and pod moment. Yeah, you know what's interesting too? if I'm being honest, I actually find it more stressful to catch up on what I should have posted, whether it's related to work or this podcast project. Yeah. When I come back to it, if I turn it off for that long. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's stress. And then you're like, wait a second, that doesn't right. feel very good. Yeah. I think it's also just not, not making those feelings mean anything else. Cause the biggest thing for me is that if I'm upset with something or unable to, you know, fulfill on an obligation or whatever that is, if I can just deal with that, as opposed to dealing with the heap of bad self-talk I throw on top of that, you know, coupled with a little bit of body image issues, a sprinkle of, you know, <laughs> like I call the bitch on my shoulder. Like if I, as opposed to, if I just can deal with what's actually happening, as opposed to the self flogging that comes on top of it, it's actually much more relaxing and much more doable. Yeah. Um, so totally. this idea that we have to like change through shame or change through hating on ourselves. It's, it's a constant reminder for me that that is not true. 
It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually, better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Well, you must work in the radio biz because you did set me up perfect for the segue into your cards. Uh, <laughs> so, like, oh God. <laughs> so it's um, a collaboration that you had with Joyful Hearts Co., which is a Canadian shop, the Confident and Crushing It cards. Tell me... Yeah. So you said it came up on a pod and walk, a walking pod. It did. Yeah, it basically did because I, you know, in what I do, I, I get sent a lot of things um, in the hopes that, you know, maybe they'll end up on a gift guide or whatever. And so I, I am always looking for ways to support Canadian business, especially now. I've really, you know, made that my mission on shows like Maryland. It's like, if I'm going to put anything on TV, it's going to be Canadian because why not? Like, you know, those other brands don't, don't need me at the moment. Um, and, uh, and I just had, had been sent these cards, these affirmation cards for kids. And like I said, my partner has two, two young kids and we've been, you, we were using them in the mornings and everyone was taking one and they just sort of, you know, you turn them over. It was like, I am strong. And we talked about why we're strong and, you know, we started giving one to the dog and it was just like, it started to become like a really fun morning routine. And, uh, I, as someone who feel a little bit itchy when the term affirmation gets thrown around, like I feel a little bit like this is cheesy for me. Like I don't really relate well to it. Uh, I started to really look forward to that moment after breakfast where we choose one. And then I just started thinking again on that, on that walking pot, I was like, I should make these for women like to, and our confidence. Cause that's what I get asked about a lot. Uh, And so I just, came up with a bunch from my own life. I called up Janice who runs Joyful Hearts Co. I learned her story and, you know, off we went. And, and it's, it's been incredible to see how they're landing in people's lives. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm so interested in, in making stuff. I think that comes from my music background, like my putting out music or putting out something that I had a part of creating. I, I, I'm really interested in that, especially when it hopefully, you know, does some good. And uh, what about the art on it? Isn't that art fabulous? I just, I loved everything about how she did it because it just, it didn't come across as cheesy to me. It came across as cool and kind of, um, I don't know, almost irreverent. Like I just loved it. I just thought it was fun. And we went back and forth quite a bit on the art. Um, You know, she was really just inspired by the words that I was coming up with. and, And that was a really fun really fun creative part. And I, I ran uh, all of these by uh, a psychologist friend of mine, because I just want to be sure I wasn't triggering it. You know, I was on the right track. Uh, 
so yeah, I think they come with a, 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 a mantra uh, and a move. So an affirmation and an action. So you can say the affirmation, but then you can actually do something <laughs> very practical yeah. to, to put that into your life, which I think is, is, has made it uh, a fun practice for me. And yeah, I really think of it as a confidence practice. So it's like a yoga practice or anything. You're just kind of doing something every day to, to remind yourself and get a little bit, get a little bit stronger, get a little bit uh, more resilient. And, you know, we need that right now. I need that. The habitual routine too, of setting aside two minutes for yourself just to pick a card and read it. You know, I find so many women, whether it's because of parenthood or, you know, gals like you and I who are super busy in the media, mm-hmm. you can set aside a couple minutes for yourself. It can literally change your day. I have learned that. It can. And I think, I think as much as we hear that, it really can, like it really can. And intention is everything. And it's time for you. To, yeah. And being able to set that up a little bit better so that you're in a state where other things are coming to you and you can deal with them better, you know, and because, because the biggest thing for me is that the, the negative self-talk or those feelings are specifically with body stuff for me, it's not like they go away. The volume gets turned down, but really what has made me able to do what I'm doing now is, is not because they're gone. It's because I have had, I have enough muscle now that when those thoughts come to me or rise up, I'm able to understand that those are not true, that those are things that are just, you know, rattling around in my head, thanks to all kinds of reasons that we all have, but that what I'm able to decide and pursue and, you know, that's within my own agency. And I, I, that's been such a huge, huge part of how I can sort of keep at it in recovery and not, not feel like infallible. Like they're going to come up again. That's not the point. It's not to be rid of your insecurities. It's just to have a little bit of a stronger voice on the other side. Because so much of what we do is attached to spotlight. Uh, For you, you have a television spotlight, you have a radio spotlight, you have a huge social media presence. Um, Is there something that sort of unfolded in the spotlight that you really had to recover in the spotlight and share that experience? Mm. Oh, we're going to give spotlight to it again. (laughs) (laughs) This whole podcast is spotlight context. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just, oh, has it unfolded? Mm, good question. You know, I've, I've said stupid things on air before. I didn't have enough time to prep something or that, yeah, so many things. There's so many things. I have so many things. What have I, um, that's funny. I have, I do have something that's coming to mind, but I don't. The question is really about how you persevered through yeah. whatever this tough moment was. Right. right. This is so funny. I've never been stumped before. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're stumping me. I mean, okay. So something. This is this is a moment that uh, one of one of many of these kinds of moments, and it's specific to television, and it's specific to being a bigger person on TV. Um, and and this happened one time when I was uh, co-hosting on the social, and I. Uh, you know, I'm a stylist. And so I, I bring wardrobe when I do that show. Also because I am not the same size as the other hosts. So I'm not pulling from a rack that they are. And they are, you know, they have a, a similar vibe. And so that in itself 
can be, you know, challenging for your own psyche. Like it's not for me really, <laughs> but it's still, it's still a bit of like a, oh, okay, different, different, different. But I'm a stylist and I have a specific point of view on my style anyway. So I'm bringing my own stuff, right? Like we're already setting up a bit of a, I'm protecting myself. And so there I am getting ready. I mean, it's, I think it's nine minutes, 11 minutes to air. And my, uh, my zipper breaks in my dress. Oh shit. And I don't have anything else. Like I don't ha I didn't bring two dresses. And so I had my workout clothes that I showed up in and then I have this dress that needs a zipper. It, it can't be fixed in any other way. And that's it. And I don't have any other wardrobe options. And so I'm starting to break out in hives. Like I'm like, I don't have clothes. Like I'm, I'm 11, what the, so I'm talking to the stylist and she's amazing. And we have this little uh, uh, dry cleaner across the street. And she's like, I'm going to take it there. I'm like, it's 11 minutes. What do you mean you're going to take it there? They're going to fix a zipper. Like, I don't even understand. Anyway, she tried, they couldn't do it. All this stuff. She ran around. They were, I mean, they were searching high and low all over 299 Queen Street West for a dress that I could squeeze myself into. And it, it was horrible. You know what I mean? I was just like, this is terrible feeling. Um, but they found something, it was a cost dress and off I went, put it on and it was like minute and I was out, right? And so of course I'm thrown, like I am beet red, I am sweating, I'm sitting up on the desk of the social trying to do hot topics or whatever. But the, the biggest thing that I, I figured out through that and it might not feel like or seem like such a tough moment, but to be able to have uh, you know, someone who has recovered from disordered eating, um, be in that type of national stage and have that type of experience happen to you minutes before you go live. I'm surprised and so proud that I made it through that moment. Uh, and now it really has become a, a, a fun, a funny moment to me. And I, oh, I could cry right now thinking about it. When I was in the the depths of my struggle, there is no way I could find humor in that. No way. I wouldn't have been able to go out on stage. So I say that as a, a moment of persistence when it could seem like a small thing, but my gosh, it's one of the moments I'm most proud of. And no one would have known, no one would have known watching the episode, you know what I mean? I, if, if you go back and watch the social, I'm in a bright blue dress. But uh, I, I knew, and that was something that was very hard for me. And yet it, uh, it happened and I made it through and I now bring two dresses. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> and now I bring two dresses with me, just in case one busts. <laughs> so funny though, cause you've, it's, you know, hearing a woman who's done so much work on confidence and being okay with who she is and how she looks still just a small detail can throw off the entire day. And there's something to be said about the level of skill in recovering when people are watching and when you've got lights, camera, action, here we go. Uh, yeah. Moments away. So good yeah. for you. Thanks. Oh. I know it, it, it's funny with the, the, the things that we make mean so many things. And that's sort of what I was referring to earlier. Like just try to deal with the thing happening in the moment and don't assign it 12 other problems because it can just be that my zipper, zipper broke. It can have nothing to do with my body. I mean, Cynthia's zipper could have broken. Anyone's zipper can break. It doesn't have to do with my body. 
Um, so don't make it mean that. Yeah, because it's we can be our worst, our whew, we can be our worst enemy. I totally identify with the feeling hot flash situation and when you can't recover and you're sitting there and people are yeah. watching and you're just like, yeah, yeah. And it but and and the other thing too that I've learned through that is is just say what's going on. That's the other thing too. It's like deal with the problems as they are and just be truthful about what's happening. Like, you know, if you're if you're breaking out, you're sweating, like just say so. I mean, Jan Arden would, and we love her for it. But it's it's a big thing that I've that I've learned and really basically almost tested. The moments where I am my most honest, my most myself, and not overly sharing or you know trying to get nothing. Just like in the moment, being honest, what's going on. People relate to you. People like it. People feel seen. People feel like oh, I I thought that too. And so in whatever you're doing, it's just it's the hardest thing to trust. And then when you start, start doing it, it just becomes the most delicious feeling because mm-hmm. you feel like you can never really go wrong because you're always just going to reflect back what's actually going on. And you can't, can't mess that up. Okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of talking about, you know, how females feel in these roles in media, but I think that a, a big piece of this puzzle too is talking about how men have either helped or not helped in how we're feeling um, in our, our positions in media. Is there a man that has empowered you in your role? Uh, yes, both. <laughs> yes to both. Uh, someone specific uh, is uh, the great Rob Farina. Um, I remember because how I got my job in radio was very strange. Like I, I was in music and loved radio stations when I was doing a radio tour for a single. And, uh, and whenever I was going to the radio stations, I always just thought they were so cool. And I liked the people and I liked the vibe. I'm like, I feel like this is very, you know, I've always kind of wanted to be Jan Arden, but I've also always kind of wanted to be Marilyn Dennis. So maybe I could like host a radio show. That's where that came from. And so in Winnipeg at a sound check before my show, I Googled how to host a radio show and Milkman Unlimited came up. That's sort of where all the radio jobs are posted. And so I made like a, what I now know is not a radio demo on my you know phone and sent it, in, sent it around to a whole bunch of stations. And Troy McCallum um, from Boom 97.3, you know, called me and was like, I don't know what you sent me. <laughs> it's not a radio demo, but I've got a hunch about you and I just like to meet you. And I had the time, not to sound super fancy, but I was finishing up a record at Willie Nelson's studio in Austin, Texas. Oh, I might've read about that. Uh, yeah, you know, just a little, pick that name up. But um, so I was sort of feeling myself is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, what radio, what? And, uh, but I was so shocked and I was so honored. He, I mean, he was the only person that called me back. <laughs> Obviously, like I, you know what I mean? When I set this thing out, it was not really anything. And he called me back and offered me, you know, and then decided to put me on the mic. I had no idea what I was doing. I never touched the buttons before. I had zero clue and kind of had to turn to him and be like, I, I might have oversold what I do. Like, I can't go on evenings tonight. I don't know. And he just laughed. He said, I know I'll have somebody with you. I just want to hear you on the, on the mic. Anyway, long story short, I got, I got a job. And, uh, and started a boom and will always, you know, have a very special place in my heart for that, for that station and May Potts, uh, who helped me very much. Um, but Troy was someone who just saw something in me and wanted to give me a chance. 
And I think you need those people in your life at different points. I think I was ready to take that chance because I'd done, I'd been in every radio station. I'd done a ton of music. I'd written songs. I knew about artists. Like I, I loved music. I knew how to speak over music to like leave room for the drum fill. And, you know, I knew that. I just didn't know radio, but he didn't care. He thought I knew how to talk um, and new music and thought that was enough. And so he gave me a chance of a lifetime. And the more that I'm in radio, the more I know that and anything that comes my way, I text Troy McCallum <laughs> and I say, I can't ever thank you enough for having that hunch. So Troy, Rob Farina was another person that was a real champion, um, in, in my career. Uh, and, and, uh, I know the question was about men, but my current, you know, PD and, and higher up Sarah Cummings is incredible and has been incredible for me. I have had a couple people, men who I have, uh, had to figure a way around if that makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I don't have that story. Uh, thankfully, you know, I don't have something horrific, but I have, I have the put downs, you know, I have the demean, I have the, I don't believe I think you're maybe getting too big for your britches kind of moments. I have a couple of those. And, uh, and all I can say is that I'm, I'm thankful that I, that I had those at least in radio when I was a little bit older. So I had enough sort of good experiences or just my own confidence to kind of battle through that. Um, but it, I mean, generally my relationships in this industry have been very good. Yeah. You know, my, my experience in this industry has been very good. I, I recommend it highly <laughs> to people. I know it's going through all kinds of changes right now. And I know people, you know, trying to get in, it's tough. And I know my story is weird uh, and, and potentially annoying. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I share it just as that if, if you have a hunch and you feel like you're going to get into something. And I think if you focus on that, you will have people in your life that kind of show up as, as those boosts. Cause we need those, no matter what we do, we need that Troy McCallum. We need that Rob Farina. We need that person that's going to be like, you know what? I don't know if you have the experience to do this, but I think you can do it. So let's see, yeah. because I know I could do it. I just didn't have, I didn't know how to show that, you know? Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. I guess part of what I'm trying to do with this podcast too is get women celebrating each other's successes because I have found in my experience, at least that uh, women are like shy and timid about being loud about their accomplishments. And I hate that. I want women to not feel like they have to be this small when they've had a big moment. I want them to celebrate. Um, so with that, I'm going to ask you three women that you know need to come on this podcast, three women that you look up to in the industry. Easy. Very easy for me to share. Uh, I'm going to go with my radio, radio queens. Um, Shannon Burns. Shannon Burns is on Channel 104.5, queen. Um, she also is incredibly open um, about traumas in her life and how that has inevitably shaped who she is. I have mad respect for her, so much love, and she's just a hell of a good time. Uh, I also have to shout out my Channel 104.5 sis, uh, Ashley Greco. Ash is, uh, has been an incredible uh, friend to me at Chum. Um, you know, when you come into a new place, it's always touch and go a little bit, you know? Yep. And, uh, and she's always just been such a, 
such an incredible woman and such an incredible broadcaster. You know, she's so skilled uh, technically. Like I just, sometimes she asks me questions and like, I don't even understand that question. Like, I, like when she, she's like, oh, for the contest, are we doing the blah, 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 with the, the down with the pod? And I'm like, what? Like, I don't, I'm like, I press a button and talk and say, hello. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So she just, she's a very skilled broadcaster and, uh, and, and has also, you know, been very open about some things going on with her. I just love people who are willing to share, willing to go there, you know, cause I feel like we talk for a living. We can't just talk at people, you know, we got to share. And so I really, I have a lot of respect for, for both of them. Um, oh, Sarah Cummings. Yes. Oh, come on. I got to lead with her. She's my boss. Yeah. Sarah Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I love Sarah so much. I've never even worked for the woman. Yeah. She's, uh, she is, I mean, nothing short of remarkable. And I know she is only going to get more and more and more, uh, central in this entire industry in Canada. Um, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't really say enough incredible things. She's been the person for me that has not only uh, seen me and encouraged me, but really like blown open doors for me to do things, you know, cause it's not always the case, even in one company, TV can kind of happen over here and radio can happen over here. And, and she's just, is, she's so incredible at just making things happen. I mean, you can see in her tenure at Bell, I mean, she's just launched massive radio brands. Roger Ashby retired. I mean, you know, she's been in charge of a lot of really tough stuff and still seems to do it with a really good sense of humor and grace. And there's no one better to have a glass of wine with and all that stuff. So she's just, she's, uh, yeah, she's really remarkable. And I would like to know like even more about her, her story and her come up because, you know, that was a time, that was a different bit of a different moment for her to be coming up, not on air, you know, coming up in the management side of things. Yeah. Programming um, side of things. Yeah. Which I'm sure would be very interesting. So yeah, I'm just going to go total chum. <laughs> That's okay. It's about, <laughs> yeah. About Ash and, and Sarah. Yeah. I feel like you are surrounded by women that lift you up. Have you ever had a situation where there's been someone tearing you down? That's a colleague? I don't think I'd go so far as tear down, but I definitely, I, I definitely have, I, I would be lying if I didn't say yes to some of that. I, I, and I think it's because there was still this idea of scarcity in the industry. There's still this idea that if, you know, she does well, I can't do well there that I think still exists to some extent. Um, and I'm not, subtle <laughs> like Girl, I hear you I no, hear you <laughs> I I I, sh I show up I want to do things like I I I don't know I I am someone who is gonna is gonna go for it you know and that that idea of ambition and women it's not always <laughs> the most well received all the time you know, and I've had to really find ways to not take that in, like not make that about me and sort of leave that with them. Like that is not going to determine how I show up in things. And I, I also just feel that I know why I'm doing this. I know my motivation. I know my intention. And it is not to take away from anybody else. That is not my gig. I am not here. Like I am so happy when I see things happening to my colleagues, to 
I, and I really mean that from the depths of my core. Like I've always been a girl's girl. I am, so there's no, there's no, I don't question that in myself. I don't question my own motivation. And so I think that allows me to leave that with that person even more because I know I'm not doing that. And if I'm rubbing you the wrong way because I'm shining, I'm not gonna stop shining. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop trying to shine. I'm not, I just, I'm not. Like I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. And, and I hope that we can find a way to do something together or, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that be my fight. When your motivation and your success are aligned, it, it, it spins on itself. And, and it's a, a really beautiful rhythm to, to get into, but you, you gotta check your motivations. Cause if you are someone who, wants help from other women and you are not willing to give it and you are not willing to give it when no one is watching you, you got to check that out because you got to, you got to be able to do it just because it's the right thing to do. Just because you believe that in your bones, you know, and that kind of performative sisterhood. <laughs> I got no time for that. Do you have a, one of those cards, your affirmation cards nearby? We should end with one. Yeah, we should end with one. Yeah, I definitely do. Here we go. Here they are. Okay. So we'll pull one random. I always like to think the card picks you. So what do we need today, Sarah? I am more than my body. That is the mantra. I am more than my body. And the move is decide today to do something completely outside of yourself. Is there somewhere you can volunteer, a neighbor that needs help, a food drive you can donate to? Taking action will interrupt your thought pattern and you'll see yourself anew and whole. So that is something we have talked about today, interrupting that thought pattern, getting outside yourself, you know? Beautiful. I have to thank you again for making time uh, between all your TV and your radio and your cards and all your things. Um, this was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you. You can have a look at the episode notes for Meredith's links to follow along with Chum, The Marilyn Dennis Show, and everything else that she's up to. This particular episode really got me thinking about how much body image affects our self-esteem and especially as young women. I'm definitely thinking about a close friend of mine right now and what she went through revolving around body image in high school. I only wish that more women were having these types of conversations back then. So please pass this episode along to a woman who you think might need to hear it. And let's make space to talk about these things. If you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll get a notification as soon as I put a new episode up. And like and follow the social accounts at Women in Media Pod and at Burke Talks. You can get a hold of me there as well. I can't wait for you to hear my next episode, which will get us into some important conversations surrounding pride. And better yet, what it's like coming out on the radio in the biggest Canadian market. Once again, I'm Sarah Burke, and thanks so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.